Hey guys, before we begin this podcast, we're going to be talking today about the St. Nicholas of Myra, the historical figure, and so we may say some things uh, that uh, if you have young children in the car, um, you might want to uh, might want to pass on listening to this with them in order to preserve Christmas magic or however your family does it. We hope you enjoy! Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, the podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I'm John Martin. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. Well, it's Christmas time. John, it's Christmas. I'm excited. Oh, um, Christmas says I like it. Yes, I Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hey, before we get started with today's episode, we have a review to read. <laughs> and this serious? review is serious, all right? It is very serious. I need to start looking at these things more often. Let me read the review. The review starts out good. It says, decent podcast, Ryan does a great job, John ain't too bad, I'd listen to it again. But here's the problem. If you look at the name of the reviewer, his name is Ryan Reed 5. (laughs) And let me say, identity theft is not a joke. Uh, I don't know who this is. How many of the reviews that are on there have you actually First off, (laughs) Apple does it to where you can only do one. And I've already got one. It is the LeJohn James yeah, one, all right? right? Yeah, I don't John is cool, it. guys. Believe that. <laughs> Plus. That is right. So I don't know who is trying to steal my identity, but there hey, can be only one. Look, as we've said before, as long as it's five stars, I don't really care what it is. You're says. right about that. And if I were more like John, I might use the I word to talk about this guy. But I'm not going to do that. I, have, I don't even know how to do that. You know, that's above me. Yep, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Well, we that's have right, a that's right. we have a good episode today <laughs> that we are excited for. We are all studied up, read oh up, and so uh, John, I, I you know I gave him some study material about a month ago and came in today to record, and he was cracking open the book. So <laughs> I read the book in the last twenty four. That's right. That's right. It's a really good. book. It's a good book. It's yeah, a good book, it and it's a great topic. So, John, too. what are what are we talking about? Today Wait a second. Gonna... Do you hear that? I hear something on the rooftop. Did is I, that reindeer paws? I, I wish people could see your actions I know. as you're doing this. Today we're going to talk about St. Nicholas. That's St. Nicholas ho, music. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Who wouldn't know? Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, we're going to talk about St. Nicholas of Myra, particularly. St. Nicholas I'm, of Myra. I'm curious, Ryan, when you think of St. Nicholas, when you think of Santa Claus... Which, which Santa Claus do you picture? Do you I, picture Tim Allen? Do you picture... Coca-Cola commercial. I'll tell you who I picture. Who, who do you picture? I picture the night before Christmas. Um okay. the, 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 the the drawing of Saint Nicholas uh-huh. with his with his nice clay pipe and the smoke around him and his jolly red nose. <laughs> That's what I think about. You think about You know, they actually made a statement, I believe, a while back. I don't know who they were, <laughs> but they made a statement that Santa had quit smoking his pipe. And Frosty, too. I don't know oh, who that was, yeah, so I thought yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Well, good um, for them. Good. Maybe they're you know, vaping now. That's right. Maybe they're vaping. <laughs> so that's uh, we're going to write a new version of The Night Before Christmas where Santa's vaping some peppermint vape. Yeah. That'd be great. Oh, me. All right. Well, we've got to get to it. So let's talk about <laughs> the real St. Nicholas. Yeah, so there apparently are two St. Nicholas. That's right. Uh, there's a St. Nicholas of Myra, <coughs> which is what we're going to focus on this morning. That's right. But uh, there's also a St. Nicholas of Sion. Right. Would that be right? And those two areas, that's going to be um, a modern-day Turkey area, yeah, that yeah. Middle Eastern area. And not too far not apart. Not too far apart. I mean, they actually were were bishops within 200 miles maybe, right, or something right. like that. Um, and, and they had a lot of similarities. Yeah. The, the biggest difference is they're about 200 years apart. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> exactly. And you know what's, what's so confusing about 
this trying to determine who actually is St. Nicholas is that throughout history, stories of St. Nicholas of Myra and stories of St. Nicholas of Sion mm-hmm. have gotten confused. That's right. Not only have one been attributed to the other, but in some parts they've actually combined right. the stories together. And yeah. so mm-hmm. if you go if you go online and you just Google St. Nicholas, uh, it, it can be a pretty confusing That's right. situation. So we want to detangle that a little bit, and we want yeah. to demystify St. Nicholas of Myra. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard. <laughs> as, we, as we talk about St. Nicholas of, of Myra, and we really uh, get down into the history of it, a lot of the information that we get from St. Nicholas is... Um, is hagiography, yeah, which yeah. which is basically a, he he was a a saint mm-hmm. uh, in the early church, and so this particular genre would take the lives of saints and uh, attribute to them great miracles, yeah, yeah. Um, all that good stuff. Well, and in so, order to be a saint, you had to perform a miracle, right? Right. right. So there's 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 some there's some stuff there that happened later on was attributed to him. So yeah. like one of my favorite stories is at his infant baptism, he stood up. And bless the crowd. Uh, also, one of the stories they told of him was uh, that when he was a, an infant uh-huh. and, and and breastfeeding, he would he would fast with the other monks. <laughs> he so would, he would only on eat and that's right, and Wednesdays and Wednesdays once a day. That's right. He'd only eat because he was a good infant. You know? Yeah, that's so, that's wild stuff. Yeah, yeah and that, that you'll hear some other stories that are similar to that. That uh, their historicity of it is questionable. That's right. How that's about right. That? And and I'll say too, you have a difficulty. Trying to prove the the uh, not the existence of Saint Nicholas of Myra, we know without a doubt throughout history that he existed. Right, right. But the stories are hard to nail down and to be certain of. Even one of the the central accounts of Saint Nicholas of Myra is his attendance at the Council of Nicaea. That's right. Mm-hmm. But even even inside of that. There, there is a little bit of doubt and confusion of whether right. or not he was actually there. Yeah. Uh, he would have mm-hmm. been a sixty-five-year-old man at that time. That's right. And yeah. uh, beyond that, there apparently are sixteen lists of the people who were at that council, yeah. and uh, he's on ten of them. Right. But he's absent of six of them. Yeah, that's right. Why is that so? Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's some there's some historical problems and issues <laughs> that we have to exist. We have to go through, but we know this for a fact. That's right. St. Nicholas of Myra uh, was a 4th century bishop, like you said, on the coast of Turkey or near the south coast of Turkey. Uh, he lived basically from 260 to 3, uh, 335. Uh-huh. We, know, we know that basically without a doubt. That's right. That's right. Uh, so he was uh, uh, lived around the same time uh, of the Roman Empire, Emperor Diocletian's reign. Yeah. And if you know anything about church history, Diocletian um, brought persecution in the Christians in that day. Sure. In fact, that was uh, kind of the first widespread persecution. Yeah. Nero persecuted within Rome. Diocletian yeah. took it the next step and kind of pushed it out. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. where that's where he's living. But he also lived into the next decade where right. Constantine comes and legalizes Christianity. Sure. And uh, really, uh, apparently, Constantine was a big fan of Nicholas. So. Yeah, yeah. And a bit afraid of him. Uh, a bit afraid of him, yeah. Which, <laughs> Which you would have to. Any good would've... king is going to be afraid of the bishop, right? <laughs> yeah. There he was. So he, he was kind of split in between this uh, these two these two eras. Mm-hmm. And uh, for, for one reason, I mean, he was... He was known as a, one of the bishops, our confessor, yeah, mm-hmm. because of his uh, of the torture that he received That's right. uh, before Constantine was in uh, was in power. Yeah, and so he he was because of his faith a uh, a man that experienced torture. He was a very faithful man, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you see as we continue to go through some stories, uh, he was without a doubt uh, he was sold out. 
Yeah. Jesus. So he was born into a into a rather rich family in Myra, yeah. um, and and a, and a family of believers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, uh, Saint Nicholas was was orphaned at a young age, probably seventeen mm-hmm. or so, eighteen, something like that. And so he had a choice to make. At at, at I mean, he's seventeen, eighteen. He's got a choice to make. He inherits um, the wealth of his parents, right? Um, and he decides to become a bishop. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, he does not. He does not take that wealth and, and enjoy it and, mm-hmm. and live it up as a young man. But instead, uh, he decides to use that wealth for the greater good right. in the church at Myra. Yeah, and actually, how he becomes the bishop of Myra, particularly, right, right. is a pretty interesting story. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, they were meeting together inside <laughs> of the church to determine who would be the next bishop of Myra. Right. Of course, he had surrendered himself to to the life of the right. ministry, but at this point, he was not the bishop of Myra. And the, 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 the ministers that are in the church are praying that God would bring them a bishop. And uh, the story goes that uh, they, they pray, Lord, the next person that walks through the door is going to be the man that you have selected to be bishop. And the Lord confirms that to them and tells them, yes, that's so. And his name will be Nicholas, which is a odd name right. during this time. And what do you know? The next guy that walks through the doors of the church is Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas music. And uh, all of a sudden he becomes the bishop of Myra at thirty years old, which was a young man. man. Even if even at that time of course lifespan was much shorter. Right. But even at thirty years to be a bishop was a pretty significant role for him. That's right. Um, and 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 throughout uh, tradition and, and history, Saint Nicholas has been identified with children. Yes, uh, and this finds its root in in history as well, uh, because all the stories we receive is uh, is Nicholas loving children, embracing right. children, yeah. and uh, particularly the the linchpin story yes. um, that that really gives Saint Nicholas his uh, identity uh, that we receive uh, revolves around a, a man with three daughters, right, John? Yep. yep. That's right. So there's a man with three daughters, um, and and he had uh, um, he had fallen into uh, financial uh, problems, and so uh, he felt like he had one option. He yeah. couldn't marry off his daughters because they were poor. That's right. And so he decided he would sell them into prostitution. Yeah, and that being the only way he could come up with income, really right. to feed themselves, mm-hmm. which and, was a common thing in the, yeah, in, the, in, yeah. the, in the early uh, Middle Eastern times. If you were to to be broke, if you right. didn't have anything, you could marry off your, your children. Right. You could sell them. Yeah, and so we we know we've already we've already said that uh, he was he was left a uh, a great amount of money by his right. parents mm-hmm. who died early in life, and so uh, Saint Nick hears Saint Nicholas hears mm-hmm. of this uh, of this travesty of this father about to sell uh, his uh, chil- his daughters to uh, prostitution. And so he gathers up some money mm-hmm. and apparently ties them on some type of string or mm-hmm. something. And uh, and he tosses the money through the window of the home where the father and the three daughters live. Right, and then sneaks away in the night. So the father wakes up the next day, yep. finds a bag of money, yep. um, is able to is able to not sell off his firstborn child. That's right. Uh, but he's got two other daughters, and, right? And so right. Um, the next night... St. Nicholas comes back again, yep. tosses more money to the window, and pays the dowry for the, the second, second one. the yeah. ch- second child. And but then repeats it again. Repeats it again. And so this time, the father was anxious to know who was bringing him gold, yeah. stayed up and caught him in the act. He did. And St. Nicholas begged him, please don't tell anybody that I've been yeah. doing this. I yeah. want this to be a, uh, you know, I want this to be an anonymous act. Right. Yeah. Now, one of the interesting 
Christmas connections right. is is that the story again as history goes, the story seems to be get gets embellished more That's and right. more. Mm-hmm. But uh, but some say that as he tossed the gold mm-hmm. into the window into the home, right, it land in a hanging stocking. That's right, belonging to the daughter. Right, so that's pretty good aim. That's pretty good Saint aim. Saint Nicholas could have probably played uh, shooting guard for the Chicago Bulls. What do <laughs> right. you think? I'm not so sure this is where in America we get our stocking hangings. I mean, I'm sure maybe, that's where the tradition maybe, comes but, from. Uh, yeah, but yeah. that's uh, that's the story. And so the next night, it it, it uh, went for the next daughter, and then the next daughter, basically rescuing these three girls that's right. from prostitution. And so even today we see marks of St. Nicholas where even uh, the pawn shop symbol of the yeah. three golden balls, that is connected to St. Nicholas. Yeah, I actually had to Google that. When I, yeah. read, it, when mm-hmm. I read it in the book, I, I Googled it to, to be reminded of it. And uh, it is interesting. Those three indicate St. Nicholas's rescuing those three daughters from He is the de facto patron saint of pawn shops. Of, of pawn shops. And if you think <laughs> about it, this is the idea of a pawn shop is, uh, is I'm in trouble. And so I, I think about it. Hopefully, I think that's why I go yeah. to pawn shops. And I go, I pawn something that I own, and you give me money, right? Mm-hmm. You rescue me yeah. from uh, from my, my downtrodden position. And that's kind of what St. Nicholas did. Yeah, so, I guess so. So it works out. Um, so that's pretty neat. St. Nick was the first pawn star. <clears throat> that's right. So uh, the first Christmas pawn star. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, but, so uh, you've got this. You've got this picture of this guy who, uh, honestly, he desired to help people. That's what he wanted to do. That's right. And I think the picture of what we see today as our Santa Claus is the same. It's a picture of a man who wants to help, particularly children. Right. Right. And wants to rescue them. Maybe wants That's to right. give them gifts. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, and so it's easy for us to um, to secularize this uh, this love of children or whatever else. We find that Saint Nicholas does this within the realm of the church. Uh, you yeah, know, he yeah. was uh, he was first and foremost a pastor of right, his people. Right, you know, he right. preached to his people. He proclaimed to them. Um, he suffered for them. He did. Uh, and when it came time to decide major issues within the church. As as a bishop of Myra, he was summoned to the first council of Nicaea. Yeah, he which was. we get one of my favorite Saint Nicholas Christmas stories of all time. Yeah, and so tell it since it's your favorite. That's right, I love it. Uh, Constantine called together all the bishops, uh, and they were to decide a couple things. They were to decide the date of Easter. Right. Uh, they were to decide um, how bishops were to be ordained. How bishops confirmed. were to be confirmed, <laughs> and they were to, to decide uh, m- mainly. Um, the issues surrounding Arianism right. and the uh, the person and nature of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So if you listen to your to our last episode, which I'm sure you did, a faithful <laughs> listener, yeah. you know that um, that there were some issues concerning the bishop of uh, Arian uh, of Alexandria, and uh, Arian taught that that God was God the Father was God, and mm-hmm. God the Son Jesus was the first created being. Right. He was not. Equal to the Father, right. he was of a different nature, right. and so uh, this was a big issue. And really, uh, there was a time where Arianism was taking over this early world so much so that Athanasius, uh, the great saint, could stand up to Arian, and people would tell him, "Athanasius, the whole world has gone after Arian." Yeah. Um, so comes the comes the title Athanasius contra mundo, mm-hmm. Athanasius against the world. And so this was the issue that they're they're facing. Well, um, I love uh, the the study that we did. The book mentioned that. Uh, St. Nicholas was 
neither neutral nor Aryan. That's right. He, so was, he was right. He was he was he was fervently uh, Trinitarian. Yes, yeah. And yes. so uh, history tells us, tradition tells us that at the Council of Nicaea, when it became Arian's turn to stand up and present his argument, mm-hmm. Saint Nicholas fumed in his seat. <laughs> Uh, he boiled with passions, and when Arian suggested that Christ was not fully God, St. Nicholas could do no more, stood up and struck him in the face. Yeah, yeah. And he had to be bound in chains for the rest of the Council of Nicaea. Yeah, and defrocked. Defrocked, right? What's funny is, too, is that if you go, apparently, if you go to the uh, to the Cathedral of St. Nicholas, uh-huh. there, are two, there are two paintings on the ceilings, and one of them is him slapping Arius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also interesting, too, when they found the relics of St. Nick, uh, they they discovered that it seemed as <laughs> if that his nose had been broken. Yeah. And so the story goes that Arius hit him back. Yeah. Uh-huh. And <laughs> broke the man's nose. Yeah. This is not the story of St. Nick you thought you were going to get. That's right. This That's man right. who stands up and slaps another man in the face. A fervent defender (laughs) of Trinitarian theology. Yeah, he was. It's Um, so interesting, man. But, you know, there are some stories like that, which we believe. I I believe, historically, we can say that St. Nicholas was at the Council of Nicaea. Yeah, I think there's enough evidence. I think there's enough evidence there to prove that. There are some stories, however, that I'm not so sure there's enough (laughs) history to prove it. And I want to read you just a little excerpt from this book, which means... It'll have to go in show notes. That's right. right. Yeah, so open the book. But it says, uh, it says that uh, he this he uh, in one legend, excuse me, he stood up before the eminent council and held out a brick for all to see. He declared that it was an analogy of the eternal being of God, just as God is Father, Son, and Spirit, though one. So the brick was one uniform substance, though it came from the combination of earth water, and fire. At that very moment, the brick burst into flames while water dripped from it onto the tiled floor. All that was left in Nicholas's hand was dust, and he had proven his point. Yeah, how about that? You like <laughs> how that? about that? Uh, he made the brick catch on That's fire, right. And proved then, his point. Um, so in the Council of Nicaea, he's, he's chained down for... Uh, striking Arius in the face. Yep. And uh, one of the stories that comes out is that that night, um, uh, Emperor Constantine uh, received a vision from an angel yeah. of St. Nicholas uh, defending the truth as a defender of truth, and he reinstated him into the council yeah, yeah. and forgave him uh, for striking Arius in the face. Yeah, and, um, and, and that's not the only time St. Nicholas appears yeah, in the yeah. middle of the night. He seems to appear a lot, just he out does. of nowhere, uh, especially after he's dead. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. So that's that's where the uh, the uh, mysticism comes in a little bit. Yeah, so these uh, three soldiers are arrested, and they, uh, they're they going to be killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Constantine is in power, but they're yeah. arrested because they, they suppose started a riot and yeah. stole some things, supposedly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, everyday, everyday stuff. Yeah, yeah. So these three guys uh, were accused of this, and uh, and St. Nicholas, uh, of course, knows that they did not, uh, they didn't do it, and so, uh, but before he can get there, he appears to St. Con- Constantine, excuse me, in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and tells him of their innocence. And then, of course, Constantine goes to those three guys and says, do you guys know a St. Nicholas? Yes, of course we know. He's a mile. Uh, yeah, I yeah, know anybody. Well, he appeared to me last night. So anyway, this this it is there's a lot of mysticism around Saint Nicholas. Mm-hmm. And again, his appearing in the night 
connects people. connects to legend, right? It does. Um, I think so. I think that's maybe where we get this him coming in the middle right. of the night. I, I think one of the important things to know about the man uh, Saint Nicholas is is the fact that he was indeed a confessor. And so during the reign of um, Diocletian. He did suffer under under Christian persecution. Yeah, he did. Uh, and so that is important to to remember um, that he stood up for the faith. Yes, that he, he uh, received the punishments for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he continued to confess. Uh, he would not. He would not back down his claim of Christ. Yeah. Um, he was an ardent defender of the truth. He was. Uh, he was pastoral. Yeah. Uh, these are all good things that we need to remember. He of was Saint a Nicholas. very bold man too. Oh, I mean, yeah. In the midst of a time where Diocletian, of course. <laughs> was anti-Christianity, therefore pro-idol worship or any other kind you Mm -hmm. can imagine. Constantine comes into power, uh, is a confessor of Jesus Christ, and so so gives the opportunity for St. Nicholas and other other bishops as well to come in and tear down and destroy the idol worship. When we Mm -hmm. talk about the positives of St. Nicholas, he was a very bold man. As a matter Mm -hmm. of fact, Part of his desire was to root out and destroy mm. all of the idol worship that yeah. was in Myra, mm. and he did it. Yeah, I mean, he he literally destroyed temples, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, maybe not with his own hands, but he had them destroyed. Yeah, the temples destroyed. Uh, he he had those torn down so that people could stop worshiping mm. the idols. Basically, if you've seen Walking Tall, yeah, Saint Nicholas walked tall and he carried a big stick. He did. And he busted up moonsh- <laughs> I mean, uh, some uh, temples. That's what he did. He did, man. He it's. I love the quote that I, I don't remember the exact quote, but as we're reading it, in the, I was reading it in the book, it says that uh, he literally took the top of the temple and buried it under the ground, and took the foundations of the temple and buried it on the top. On the top. So basically that's right. he turned it completely Flipped upside Flipped it over, that's right. He did, man. And, and he was a very, uh, wherever he found pagan worship, he wanted to see it knocked down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he did that. Mm-hmm. And he did it inside of Myra, and his example, I think, probably spread even beyond Myra. Yeah, so. and we don't know the exact uh, date of St. Nicholas's death. No. Uh, but we do know it was probably sometime in December, and yep. so uh, December 6th becomes St. Nicholas Day. Yeah, it does. Uh, and so an interesting uh, part of the story is if we fast forward a few years to the Reformation, um, Martin Luther begins uh, this this process of trying to figure out what does it look like to have a church that's not the big C Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wanted to find a substitute for uh, the Catholic uh, celebration of St. Nicholas Day. And so he began to call St. Nicholas um Santa Claus, right? Mm-hmm. That's that mm-hmm. idea, that uh, that German idea. Um, and he, instead of giving gifts in the name of Saint Nicholas or Santa Claus, uh, they would give gifts on Christmas Eve in the name of the Christ Child. Mm. And so Luther begins to adopt some of these traditions that we have today yeah. uh, from Christmas, from Saint Nicholas, still honoring him, but right. uh, but recentering Christmas off of the saint and onto uh, the Savior a little bit. Yeah, because I think we have to be careful, and this is where we'll draw maybe to a point of application as we're kind of beginning to wind down here. I think we need to be careful, and you can see some of this in this study of Saint uh, Saint Nicholas. Is that there almost becomes a worship of Saint Nicholas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that uh, we need to, as you're saying, that Luther has done to center this back away from the worship of Saint Nicholas and back toward the worship yeah. of the Christ Child. Yeah. I mean, did Saint Nicholas actually stand up at his baptism and offer a blessing to the people? No. Right. I mean, I, mean, I don't. I don't know. I, seems seems legit. Could, did he appear? Did he appear magically? I think. I think what happens is you begin to put some 
some attributes unto St. Nicholas mm-hmm. that he is not deserving of. Right, yeah. And so I think uh, that we, we too, as we think about Christmas and as we think about St. Nicholas, mm-hmm. we need to honor him, I think. I think we need to recognize uh, he, he was a man of the people desiring to see that they uh, they would be rescued from their condition. Yeah. But he was not God. Yeah. And, uh, and and I think that we need to recognize that even here today as far as history is concerned. Mm-hmm. But as parents and fathers, mm-hmm. I think we need to recognize it as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is where the conversation probably turns, and uh, and <clears throat> and there's division among Christianity. Yeah. As to what do you do with Saint Nicholas? That's right. That's right. So, what do you do, Ryan? You answer it for everybody. Tell us, oh, why? What do I do? What do? What is everybody that's listening to this supposed to do with Saint? Nicholas? Well, let me tell you infallibly <laughs> what you are supposed to do. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you almost went. Well, I think that's uh, that, that's. I think that's where we we do have Christian freedom to decide yes, what is do. best for yeah. our children. Yes. Um. You know, I I grew up as a fervent believer in Santa Claus, and uh, you know, I remember when I was uh, when I was in maybe first grade or second grade, I got a I got a basketball goal for right. Christmas, yeah, and right. I knew that that was way over the pay grade of my yeah. parents. Like, they no way they afforded yeah, that, right? That's yeah, a, that's yeah. in my mind that yeah. was definite proof that Santa had to have brought it. Right. Um, and so there was some magic to that, right? Yeah. There, there's some wonder to that, that, that we do want to cultivate in our children. We want to, we want to cultivate wonder. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, but I, I do think that there could be, there, there could be this, uh, this push toward, uh, this, this market, market driven, uh, focus, maybe, uh, maybe a, a push away from, uh, the true meaning of Christmas. Right. Uh, but I don't see why we can't have St. Nicholas and, and Jesus at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um, the problem comes, you know, we talked about Luther and, and, and giving giving gifts in the name of the Christ child. Uh, he coined the term Christ child. Yeah. Uh, and in German, that is that is Christkind. Um, and inevitably, that began to morph in German society, and Christkind became Christ Kringle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so Luther's yeah. attempt to bring it back uh, inadvertently steered right into it. Yeah. And so we have to try to figure out a middle ground. Um, where we do we do show our children that uh, that obviously when we come to, to to the time of Christmas we are celebrating uh, the fact that Jesus put on human flesh that he yeah. walked among us that he paid for our sins that he rose from the dead that he sits at the right hand of the Father yeah. but I think it's also good for them to remind them hey did you know there is a Chris Kringle yeah or there there is a a Saint Nicholas yeah man. that he walked on this earth and yeah. that he was a a pastor that yeah. he loved his people that he yeah. punched a heretic in the face <laughs> like we need to be able to to to, to kind of demystify saint nicholas and yeah, then look yeah, to him yeah, as yeah. an example well i think i think that to me as a young boy especially that's a santa claus i can get behind that's right Heck i'm yeah. telling you that 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 defender of men you know and oh, that, yeah. uh, that strong bold leader that's mm-hmm. the santa claus that i can get behind yeah and i think i think you can offer the truths of history to your children and also leave them with an opportunity for wonder. That's right. I mean, mm-hmm. you and I both enjoy reading fiction That's as right. grown men. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it's because I think inside of us, we appreciate wonder. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think it's okay for and kids I think, to have wonder. That's right. God gave that to us, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I love there's a there's a there's a there's a fun letter um, once C.S. Lewis, uh, a little boy wrote to him and 
basically said, uh, a little boy, maybe six, seven, eight, something like that, uh, said, I, I'm, I'm scared that I'm committing idolatry because mm. I, I, I feel that I love Aslan more than I love Jesus. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and what do I do? You know? Yeah. Um, and C.S. Lewis wrote back and said, uh, you can't love Aslan more than Jesus. The reasons why you love Aslan is because Jesus actually did those things. Yeah. You know, yeah. Jesus actually is that. Yeah. Um, and then he said, uh, you you must forgive a little boy's curiosity and yeah, wonder, so. um, but God knows that God's the one who gave it to him. Yeah, I think so, and, and I, I think that uh, we have to allow room for wonder. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have to we have to leave room for that. Now, I, I do in my my household. If you ask my children what the meaning of Christmas is, they're going to tell you it's the birth of Jesus. Right, but it's because there's been an intentionality That's right. on our behalf mm-hmm. to make sure we understand that. Mm-hmm. Santa Claus and Saint Nicholas is uh it just so happens to fall yeah. at the same time. That's right. Yeah. But it is not the same thing. Yeah. And uh and I think that intention as long as you're intentional in that, mm-hmm. I, I, I see no reason why you can't allow wonder in your household. That's right. I think so. But be intentional. Yeah, it. yeah. It's the same thing at Easter. That's right, yeah. I mean, you know, come on, guys. You got anything? I thought you were going to go on a rant. I thought that was all you. No, that's, I'm not going on. Yeah. yeah, I will. I will say this. It's funny to me that uh, that Santa Claus, Saint Nicholas, was at the Council of Nicaea that established the date that the Easter Bunny would come. There you go. How you like that? Hey, like mean, them apples. <laughs> I mean, I'm just that's pretty good. John Santa is pretty Claus, good. Santa Claus set the date. That the Easter Bunny. That's right. Coming. That's right. And that's the right. That's the proper order. Right. <laughs> we celebrate. We celebrate the Trinity first. Yeah. And then Santa Claus, and then, and then the, the bunny. Easter Bunny. That's right. Yeah. The, so, so there you go. That's yeah. that's good. Anyway, I think. And you know what? It's Christmas. Let let's let's have wonder. Let's have magic. That's right. <laughs> let's have imagination. You know, and let's do all those things. And let's celebrate Jesus. That's right. That's good. That's and good. let's celebrate guys like St. Nicholas who are bold for the gospel, who mm. are giving out of their abundance. Yeah. You know, let's emulate even that as much right. as we emulate Jesus. That's good. That's good. Well, John, as we wrap up, what are you reading? Well, today I just finished the... The Saint Who the Would Saint Be Santa Claus. The Saint Who Would Be Santa Claus, The True Life and Trials of Nicholas of Meyer. I finished it this morning. That's a good book. And if you are interested in the life of St. Nicholas, a lot of our information came from this book. We will tag it in the show notes, and yeah. you should go buy it. Uh, yeah. Fantastic book. I just finished reading uh, The Last Chaplain by my pastor, yeah, pastor's uh-huh. friend of mine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was really good. It's interesting to read something that someone that you that you know wrote. Yeah. It's a fiction book. And, yeah. You know, but it's uh, it was still it was still really good to uh, to read. I'm still in holy sexuality, yeah, and uh, I'm reading through also a book called The Portable Seminary. Have we talked yeah. about that here. No, we haven't talked about that. Uh, I'm gonna be using that in my discipleship for the next uh, for over the next fall, and so uh, I'm also reading through that as well. So what, what are you, how are you spending your Christmas? PhD reading? Or? No, um, I mean a little bit, uh, yeah. but I am reading currently. I'm trying to hit my reading goal. I'm behind, very really? very far behind. Really, um, and so I'm trying to catch up, and so I'm reading right now J.C. Ryle's Thoughts to Young Men, okay. and I'm about uh, maybe 20 pages in. It's mm-hmm. fantastic, mm-hmm. so I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, and then I just uh, just finished. I'm trying to knock out some smaller books so I can catch my reading goal. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I just finished Discipling by Mark Dever and yeah. uh, Con- Evangelism by J. Max Steels. Yeah, in that same series. 
Because how many more um, do you have to read before your deadline? Oh, uh, I think I got to read. I think I got to read fifteen more, fourteen 15 more. more. Yeah, in like ten and, days. Yeah, so I'm 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 getting getting like really close. close. So we're gonna see. <laughs> I may not make it, but uh, I'm gonna try. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys being here. And hey, this listening is the to last us. one. It's the last one of the year. Season one's coming to an end. So twenty six episodes. Twenty six. People say what. Well, why is it season one? Because we determined it to be so. That's right. It's season one. That's right. We run this show. We brother. will. We will be back in the new year with season two. So there you go. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. Yep. Well, if you have enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Let us uh, let us know about those reviews. Um, don't steal our identity. Just write five star reviews, and we will read them on the air. And uh, we hope that you have enjoyed this season one, and we'll be back with you next year. And so we want to, from the bottom of our hearts at the Imperfect Church Podcast, wish you and yours a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Until then, keep loving your imperfect church, and remember one day she will be perfected in glory.